Romans 12, 2, uh, and I'll give a background on that. Do not conform or be conformed to, there's what I'm looking for, the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, his perfect will. Now, how many of us just read over this scripture and some of us... Uh, uh, quoted as a, what we call the Romans road to salvation. And, and, but have you ever dissected the, what we're saying here, what the Lord is saying here, what we're teaching all week long? And that's all I really wanted to do because it's adult time now. It's time for us to say, what, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Paul implores us in Romans 12.2 not to be conformed to this world for all that is in the world is lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pr the pride of life. Look at 1 John, uh, James. I think I got James 4. Do you have that? Does he have my list, Jason? Look what this says. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means amenity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Oh, boy. We're going to get deep here. And I'm going to move fast. But I want to bring a message, a heart. Never thought just by Romans 12. We've got to identify what's the world. We're going to go there. What is the world? Is it dirt? Or is it a pattern that seems right to man? You cannot be a friend of the world and be a friend of God. Neither can you love God and love the world at the same time. It's absolutely impossible. That's the scripture. It's impossible. Even though we are in the world, we are not of this world. Therefore, we must be transformed to the image of God by allowing the word of God to dominate our thought and mind. Have we lost this way? Do you let the word of God dominate your mind every day of the week? Or do you let the pattern of this world dominate your mind or the lust of your flesh and what you want to do? I mean, we have challenges. When your mind is renewed by God's word, you will think like Christ and you will be able to discern what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. That's the only way you're going to finish the second half of Romans 12 too. This is the reason we must invest more time in the word, by reading it and studying it. So that our conformed nature will be transformed into the mind of Christ. That's really what the Bible teaches from cover to cover, is I've showed you a new way. I've showed you a new way. I've reunited mankind with God, the Father, the Creator. It's not a religious act. It's not a religious thing. It's not so that we can... Uh, walk around and, and be holier than thou. It's about being reunited with our creator. Romans 12, 2 exposes the God of this world because it says, be not conformed to the pattern of this world, which is not, some people think that God is the God of this world, but the Bible says that God is not the God of this world, that the God of this world is actually Satan. The context of Romans 12 is about sanctification. It also is a foundation for living a Christian life. This is a kingdom key. The Bible, Jesus said himself, I have been given the keys 
to heaven and hell. So we, what we call, this is a key, if you want to open a door, if you will. A kingdom key is this verse. Did you ever think it? Be not conform. It's so easy, right, Travis? Well, we, Sunday school on up to now. Oh, hey, uh, be not conformed to this world, you know, but by the renewing of your mind. Terry? <laughs> Paul urges us to live a sanctified life. What's sanctification? A life that is pleasing to God. And also to resist conformity to the world, but embrace transformation through Jesus Christ. We must not be controlled or shaped by the world or things of the world. Instead, be controlled by the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul is saying here. Romans 12, verses 4 through 8, mentions that we are all one body in Christ, having different gifts, yet unique within the one body. These spiritual gifts are to be used in humility to serve God. In, in, in the body of Christ, there is unity. The description of these gifts depends on the grace bestowed upon us by the Holy Spirit. Verse 9 through 13 admonishes us to love without pretense. Shove all evil and cling to all that is good. This is the context of Romans 12, not just the verse. This is where, where Paul is saying. He's saying all this. So I'm kind of giving you the, the context. And those of you that don't know, uh, this is the Apostle Paul uh, that has been uh, was a persecutor of Christians, beheaded Christians, killed Christians, all in the name of God. Who's this Jesus that proclaims to be God? I'm going to go kill them all. And he did. He killed them one after another, after another, after another. They, the disciples that, that sat with Jesus after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ was resurrected, which makes all this true. If he didn't raise from the dead, then we're, this is all in vain. But because he rose from the grave... And said, just as I've been risen from the grave, so will you. So Paul is a, a, an elder of the church, uh, well-schooled, understands. He's an uh, Israelite, and, and, and he knows the word, and he's in the church. And this is a, a, a heathen. How dare this man come and do the things that he does and say the things that he says? This is not our religion. And started pursuing and killing anyone that spoke the words of Jesus. So then he meets Jesus, like many of us have. I had a road to Damascus experience. And Jesus says, I'm real, and you're persecuting me. Why do you do this? And had that big conversion, right? Had this, wow, this is him writing the letters to the Romans. So hence the name of the book, Romans. A little history lesson there, but... So it's Paul writing this in the context of Romans is to say, hey, listen, guys, we need to shun evil. We need to cling to all that is good. As Christians, we must practice this. We must love others just as Christ loved us and gave his life for us. Hypocrisy must not be heard amongst us. We're Christians. We can't have this. But reverence one another and be affectionate towards one another. Paul further ad admonishes us not to delay in our work, but to be zealous in the service for God. He emphasized, he emphasized that, that we disperse to the needs of the saints and practice hospitality to everyone God brings our way. That's what he's teaching here. So just a little context. He encouraged the people not to be hateful towards one another and to those that persecute them, but rather bless them. Oh, you persecute me? I'll buy you a car. 
How are you going to say no? You know what I mean? Have you ever heard the, the scriptures? Come on, come on, guys. Don't get, I'm not going to go on a tangent, but some of our, us Christians didn't read the verse that says a soft answer turneth away wrath. But as soon as somebody says something on social media, we go out and throw a stone at it and start blah, 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 blah. Paul's saying if he was here today, he'd say, how dare you? How dare you? He encouraged the people not to be hateful towards one another and to those that persecute them, but bless them, resist paying evil for evil, but to live peaceably with all men. Paul tells us not to seek vengeance, for God is God of vengeance, and he will repay accordingly because you, if you trust in God, he will not avenge your, you, you won't have to avenge yourself. God will fight your battles. That's what Romans, that's what he's saying is, <laughs> quit it. You don't need to do all this. He says we are to meet the needs of our enemies. When's the last time you met the need of your enemy? When you start meeting the needs of your enemies, they're going to say there's something different about this person. See, there's a world today that has seen too much fake and they're tired of religious fake people that act like they're holy and they're full of dead man bones. In this church, you're going to hear truth. You're going to hear truth. When we get this right, we won't have to put on a show or a mask because you'll be different. Some of us have loved ones. You wonder what happened to your loved one. Man, you guys, uh, man, some, you automatically go, man, something about that. What are you going to that church over there for, man? You sure are different since you started going to that church. Thinking it's church, right? We're a cult, right? No. They met God. And they said, be not conformed to the pattern of this world. And they started getting it in there and started eating it and going, and then I will be able to test. That's what happened. And they started renewing their mind. So then your brother or your sister, ain't your brother or sister anymore, hardly, it seems like. Because their mind is being renewed from the pattern that they were raised in. The pattern that we were told we were. The pattern of this world. The pattern of, of, of life itself. Jesus is saying... There's a, new, there's a different pattern. And you need, this is what we're teaching the kids. Kids, we're, there's, a, there's a new pattern. So Paul is, is he's leading up to this. Meet the needs of your enemies. By doing, you are increasingly, you increase the suffering that they will finally face. God will punish every evildoer except who repents and turns to Christ. He must overcome evil by doing good. What is the meaning of Romans 12.2? The meaning of Romans 12.2 is about abstaining from the pattern of this present time, but being converted by the renewing of your mind through the word of God. Through the word and acting according to his will is good and perfect. The problem is, even if we... Start the road to learn what God's will is for our lives. As we start down a good road, we, our spirit's been awakened to the things of God. And we're like, and, and for a minute you get a picture in the mirror of yourself and go, man, this ain't right. And you start to go down a road 
And you start that process of renewing your mind. And then you start to close the book. Or life comes in and you get busy. And uh, you close the table. So is what happens. You start to envision or start to dream up a way that, and get a false sense of security that you're okay. I believe in the Lord. The Bible says if I believe in Jesus, I'll be saved. I believe in him. But we're going to look at today what is believing. What is Romans 12, 2 saying? When we know that it's the bread. So I just want to look into this. If, if the meaning of uh, Romans 12, 2 is about abstaining from the pattern of this present time, but being converted by renewing of my mind through the word of God and acting according to his will, which is good and perfect. It is an alteration of the mind that reflects an outward appearance on how we live. That's, that's what it is. This transformation is to be in God's likeness and his image. Well, how do you do that? What is that? Transformation is not magic. It's life, but a lifelong task. That's what it is. It, 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 it doesn't happen right now. It doesn't happen if you came right here and said, man, I, I'm not right. I don't, I don't know what's wrong. I want to know the truth. And, and, and you're not just made new and whole. And yes, you're given a new heart, the word says. And when you acknowledge Christ and you invite him into your life, is what you're saying is, Lord, I believe. I believe that you're going to uh, have a place for me in heaven and that you have a mansion. But the Bible goes farther and says it's not only to just believe is good enough. But unless you are not conformed and reject the pattern of this world and renew your mind by my word, in other words, get my words in you so that when you're challenged with emotions and tasks and conversations, you respond with his word. That's renewing of the mind. That's what we're teaching these children. We're not teaching them to recite a verse. We're teaching them how to live a lifelong task. The word has a pattern that is different. The world has a pattern that's different from God. That's what we're teaching. This, this following the pattern of this world will lead to a broken life. That's what we're teaching. It's going to break you. It's going to break you emotionally. It's going to break you physically. Come on, man. We all are victim to this. We all have had something broken, whether it's a marriage. Now, because that was broken, your kids don't have a father in a home or whatever it may be, guilty, 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 guilty. I mean, we're just, we follow the pattern of this world. God's looking for a people that will just wake up and say, will you let me show you? Will you let me show you a new pattern? Will you make a decision today to follow a new pattern? Not the one of this world, but the one that I'm going to give you, the one that I will reveal to you in my word and in prayer. Will you make it up in your mind who you're going to serve today? Is it going to be the God of this world or is it going to be the God? Basically is what God will do. Following the patterning of this world will lead to a broken life full of disappointments, but when we start to renew our mind and follow after God, it will lead you to a life that actually glorifies God. We must keep our focus on Jesus and get rid of everything in our life that dishonors him. 
It's a big boy decision. But you have to decide. Believing alone in the Lord Jesus doesn't make you a new creation. Believing alone and with no action. See, the word says faith without works is dead. Just dead. Well, you can have all the faith in Jesus you want. I'm glad. The demons believe and tremble is what the word says. The demons of this world, the demons that influence and work under the God of this world, Satan, I know it's a very spiritual thing, but it's real. It's not a comic book. They believe, the word says, in Jesus, and they tremble. But yet, mankind can walk around and believe and not even tremble. They tremble. Think about what that says. Then you have the part, and do not be conformed to this world's meaning. And do not be conformed to this world means we must not be shaped or molded into the pattern of the world. When you are shaped into the pattern of the world, you will eventually look like the world and the ways the world rub off on you. That's what Paul's teaching here. The pattern of this world is ungodly. You don't like it. It's ungodly. You can say we're a nation founded under God all you want. Yep, it was founded. It's went a long ways away from it. And this whole, as a country, our forefathers would be sick to see what we did with what God gave us in the United States of America. I'm just, this is where I'm at, okay? I'm here for such a time. I don't, you know, God's got other speakers. God's got other, uh, you know, he's got his hand on the world. But as for our country, it's all I know about. And I know that we have not done, somewhere there was a generational break. And you know what it was? Eh, we forgot about this. Be not conformed to the pattern of this world. We stopped reading our Bible. Stopped going to our, the house of God. Started forming our own opinions about the house of God. Laid our Bible down, put it on a shelf. Many homes probably don't even have one. I know because we give them out to children left and right. And I'm not bringing condemnation on anybody. It's just, man, I was there. The Lord spoke to me many years ago and said, I'm not a Buddha God. If you're going to serve the living God, then you need to get that Bible off the shelf. I'm not a God that sits on a shelf. And it, wow. You hear the voice of God one time shake your soul, you'll run every time his doors are open. That's my prayer for every, every man, but it takes an open heart. It takes someone first, a, a decision that says, I don't want to be conformed to the pattern of this world anymore. I don't want to be conformed to any pattern that shaped the, my environment, that shaped the way we are. We're the only ones that can change it. We are the only ones. The devil, who is the god of this world, created an ungodly atmosphere. See, nobody wants to hear that. They don't even want to hear the name of God and devil in the same sentence. But the Lord himself says, the God of this world is Satan himself, the fallen angel. His aim is creating such an ungodly atmosphere that it makes people follow such unholy patterns which ultimately lead to sin. And the Bible says the wages of sin later in Romans is death. That's what we get. 
You can never get God's best when you conform to this world because you will always settle for less. You'll always settle for less compared to what God has prepared for us. People have no idea what God prepared for us. You have no idea. I'm not just saying that. Do you have 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 9 on the screen here? However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind can conceive, the things God has prepared for those who love him. Come on. Do you love God? Then your eye, you, your mind, so the word says you can't even conceive it. As Christians, we must be sensitive to the atmosphere around us, recognizing that we, who we are in Christ, have love for God and reject ungodly lifestyles that the enemy would want to force on us every day. Some of it's our problem, is what I'm saying here. Some of my problems are my problems, not God's. Just like Tracy said here, and you want to solve world hunger, do something. Don't sit there and say, well, God, you know, if he... He didn't, you know, if he was a good God, the Bible says he's a, such a good God that he laid his own life down for us so that we wouldn't have to end this world. It's such, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. The, the more I read and the more I study and the more I myself am conformed, not to a pattern of this world, but I can be in this world, I can run a business in this world and have God's blessing on this, but he knows my heart's not of this world. My heart's not in my business. My heart's not in the things of this. My heart is after God's. My heart is what is on your heart. That's what it means. And as you read the scriptures, you, you, you're really just going through the motions in the world. That's what it means. Be in the world, but not of that pattern. Don't be of that pattern. It's not going to lead you to anything but death. But follow me and seek me and seek my righteousness first. And all the things that you need in this world will just be added unto you. No more worries. Nothing to worry about. Yeah, we'll go through troubles. We all know. Some of us have had some of the most horrifying trials and afflictions by the enemy. But it's the enemy. And God says, you will have trouble. Yeah. Yep. You're going to have trouble in this world. <laughs> but take heart, for I've overcome it. But we're going to have trouble. We're going to get sick. We're going to get broken. We're going to go through grief. We're going to lose loved ones. I've lost five of my close relatives in seven years. People that I grew up with. People that were near and dear to my heart. And I looked the other day after just burying my oldest sister two weeks ago too early and every one of them too early and after I got saved I was able to tell each and every one of those five man you're not promised tomorrow you're not promised tomorrow you gotta get you gotta listen to this man look at this sis look at what I did and look at you know we grew we we didn't grow up in a house I'm not I mean I was <laughs> I didn't get my life right till I was into my 30s, you know. I wasn't a kid in VBS. What was VBS? I mean, so I had a pattern that was ingrained in me. This is the way you live. This is what you do. Men don't cry. 
When somebody punches you, you punch them. You know what I'm saying? I was six years old. My mom, I go home crying. That boy, my mom, give me a pair of cowboys saying, go kick him in the. That's why you, you know what I mean? That's how I was raised. Go knock on that neighbor's door. As soon as he opens it, wham, run back home, you know. They didn't know any of that. But as I had a visitation, a spiritual awakening, uh, a, a place where I came and, and found that there is a God that loved me and said to me, Steve, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. I've got a new way. I actually just said, okay, I'll read it. I'll see what you have for me. I'll pray. And, as every, and I opened it up. I opened the Bible up, guys. And I just started reading. How many of us honestly can say that I've let this, this, this is the influence of your thinking? See, we grew up in a world where Hollywood had to do, be the influence of your thinking. Been there too. How, how, where, how, I didn't have a father. So I learned how to be a father or a man, if you will. What is a man? Well, my image of a man is whatever I've seen on TV. And if he rode a Harley and wore a leather jacket, then, nah, man, that's what I'm going to do. I wasn't getting it from my father in heaven. He, I had to, what, what are we allowing to mold and shape our children? You fathers in this house, are you molding your children? Are you influencing your sons and daughters? Are you showing them what it takes to be a man? Or are we letting the video games and the TV and the iPads do it? If you don't teach them, be ye not conformed to the pattern of this world. Don't get sucked up in that. Because if you don't teach them, the God of this world will. He's itching to put distraction and delay in front of the eyes of our children. And I'm not going to do it. I love my children enough that my life means nothing. It can be on hold. It doesn't matter what Steve wants. It doesn't matter what I get to do. I don't live a self-centered life when I decided to have children. They are number one. I have no life after that. We can change our characters by living as childs of light, truly. That we, because we are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise at redemption. Look at Ephesians 1, 13. And I'm going to get cruising. I'm all right. I'm not going to keep you long past lunch. I want you to get this. we got to get this. we got to hear what the heart of the Lord is saying here. we got to respond to his word. Where did I say it was? Ephesians 1 through 13. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. You were sealed. So let's go to the, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, meaning... But be transformed by the renewing of your mind means God's transformation 
within the mind of a believer through the help of the Holy Spirit. This is a command from God. If we want to be like him, we must be ready to be transformed and we will be blessed for it. As a child of God, we must obey his commands because he is the Lord over our lives. Look at Luke 6, 4, 6. Chapter 6, Luke 6, verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Don't call me Lord, Lord. I'm not your Lord. The word says, in the day of destruction, or in that terrible day of the Lord, we will go to him, some, many, many, the word says, will come to him saying, Lord, Lord, why am I being punished with the God of this world? Why am I being punished? So we're saying, Lord, Lord, we're calling him Lord, Lord. And then we start making excuses why we should have eternal life and get that new robe that was saying about today and take our grave clothes off. We'd start negotiating with the creator of the world that knows all things. And he has a few things to say to us, but we call him Lord, Lord. Why do you call me Lord? Easy. If you don't do what I say, don't call me your Lord. See, we have gotten so loose with the term Christianity. Everybody's a Christian. I don't believe you. I believe you when you do this. Because, see, I already know the word. So, man, you're not fooling someone that's in the word. God says, I'll show you my secrets. I'll teach you my ways. But we get so lazy, we don't have, we think this is the one book. And God says, no, I got 66 books I put together here for you to teach you my ways and reveal my secrets to you. And not one of those 66 books written over 800 years and uh, even 1,000 years apart from one another will contradict one line to another. Not one. So if man wrote it, we all know it would be full of contradictions, right? That was free. Why call me Lord and do not the things which I say? Transformation is not all at once it's, it, it, and, and for all things. It's a gradual Okay, it's gradual. It's a lifelong work which we are responsible for. We cannot stand in that day of judgment and say, I didn't know. Because you're going to get a big screen television that's going to say, well, yeah, well, my servant Steve stood right there at that Passion Church and right there and said, he told you to read my word. God gives us every opportunity to be renewed. We have to decide, people. We have to decide when am I going to decide and make it up in my mind not to be conformed to the pattern of this world, to be sanctified, to be look different, and to act different, and walk different, and talk different, and be, truly be the light of men so that my neighbors and my family and my coworkers can truly see something that's life-giving? My children. Paul tells us that we must change how we think from the inside out so that our minds can be renewed and we can begin to understand that will of God for our lives. Our mind is the control center of feelings, actions, and thoughts. And he's saying, you got to renew them. Boy, if you guys are if you're in here thinking, I was just going to read a cute little verse. Be not conformed to this world, but by, whoa, you didn't know we were going to open up nine pages of notes, did you? Get a, get a lesson here. 
That's God. He gives you a little bit. Hey, be not conformed to the pattern of this world, but be renewed by in your mind. And then you'll know my will for your life. I'll leave you with that. Right? And you're like, what's he mean? That's why people were baffled when they heard Jesus talk. What's he, what's he talking about? What's he mean? I got to get this. What's he saying? God wants you to do the same thing. Now I give you this. What does it mean? Paul is aware of this. That it, it, that <clears throat> Paul is aware of this. That is why God wants to be in full control of our mind. He wants us to think his thoughts. And that's the key. He knows if you eat this. And I can open up a whole lot of scriptures that talk. What do you mean eat? We must allow the word of God to control our thinking and not the system of this world. For we act as we think. Every sin of disobedience begins with the mind. Look at Proverbs 23, 7. You got that for me? Or did I not tell you? For he is the kind of person who is always thinking about the cost. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. Mm. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but this is the heart is not with thee. This is why we must guard our heart with all diligence. We must adjust our minds to the image of Christ. That's what this is. I've got to get the image of Christ. I've got to get his words in me. When I, that's why you, you will literally start, you can tell that someone's that's really read and because their language will change. How they interact with people, the things they say. You ever been at work and just at work, say I work at, I don't know, General Motors like Jeff does. And you just, you know, meet a bunch of people or maybe you're on vacation and you're in a hotel lobby and you sit down and have a, a waffle and someone else sits down. Good morning. How are you doing today? Yeah, doing good. Well, yeah, we just, you know, traveled through this storm and whatever the conversation is. And we're just so thankful we got here. And that other person says, well, praise God. See, you, already you know he's got the word in him. That person's got the word in him. Because it's affected. See, when the disciples walked, they said, oh, I know you. You talk just like that, Jesus. Your accent gives you away. Your pray, the way you talk will give you away. The way you talk. You don't have to be marked. You don't have to know nothing. The way you talk, act, and be should always be in light. And we're all guilty, included, finger in the mirror. I don't always reflect Christ. I may not always reflect Christ to my wife. I may not always reflect Christ to my, my sons. I may not always reflect Christ to my uh, uh, employees or business colleagues or partners. I may have a slip up, but it's a lifelong. It's me saying, God, I, be, I don't want to be conformed to this pattern. So this is why we must guard our heart with all diligence. We must adjust our minds to the image of Christ. The primary source, and I'm going to wrap it up, is Christ Jesus. So now, the, sec- the third part of the verse, why do I do all this? Why are we not com- conform to the pattern of this world? Why do we want our minds renewed? Who, 
I, I want somebody to tell me. Crowd interaction real quick. Just somebody shout it. Why do I want to renew my mind and not be conformed to the pattern of this world according to Romans 12 too? So that I know the perfect will of God for my life. Not for the world, for my life. For me, which ultimately would be the heart of God. That you may prove what is good simply means describing the result of expectation or being renewed in your mind. It is proving or testing what God's will is with the prospect of putting it into practice. We are to prove what practicing, what we are, are to prove by practicing what pleases God. I have to practice it. No, this isn't what running my mouth off to my wife in a sarcastic attitude is not what God's will for me. And I'm, I mean, I'm making light of it. I mean, there's much more serious things than this, guys. What we drink and what we eat and what we're allowing us, what we ourselves watch on television and what we open our spirit to and what we open our home to. And we, I'm telling you, if it, comes, if it goes in you, it's going to come out of you. Where are the guards of your home? Where are we going to start guarding our homes again? And, and understanding that we as a people, God is looking to sanctify and make a holy people, a set apart, a royal priesthood, a city set on a hill when we start operating in light. These are the challenges of this verse. We must de be very different from people in the world. We have to show God's righteousness in us. That's what he has called us to do. An acceptable and perfect will of God meaning is, an acceptable and perfect will of God means striving to know and do the good that is acceptable and pleasing to God. God expects it. He expects us to be holy and he presents and, and to present ourselves according to the word as what? A living sacrifice, which is our responsible service. It's a we're a living sacrifice. We're a living sacrifice, giving up those things, giving those things up that, uh, that want to try to lure. You know, as Christians, the, the God of this world are going to put things in our paths, hoping he can throw us off our game, hoping that he can distract you in your living, hoping that he can get you to not obey so that you still on the surface say, Lord, Lord, but you don't obey which ultimately leads to one of the scariest scriptures in history or in the entire Bible. God expects us to be holy. When we do this, we will be acceptable and pleasing to him. See, we all want to talk about the grace and the mercy and God covers a million sins. Yes, he does everything you've ever done. He wipes it clean. Takes From the moment I say, Lord, I want a new life, I realize that I'm doing things uh, that are not pleasing to you, that are not holy to you, that I'm being tempted by sinful things. What's sin? To a man that knows to do right but does wrong to him that is sin. That's what the Bible describes as sin. When we do this, these things, and we renew our mind, and we pursue it, and we dedicate our house and our life to a lifelong renewing process, this is what pleases God. Dressing, walking, actions, serving, working, 
that doesn't, that's not what pleases God. See, that's why the word says there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. You think that you have to wear a suit to church and you have to sing three hymns and you have to, uh, you know, reverence. No, we reverent God, but man has turned it into action. I'm doing this to earn God's love. And God's saying, you don't have to earn my love. I just want you to conform not to the pattern of this world and look what I have for you. And I'm going to close it up with an acceptable and perfect will of God. Another meaning is, uh, actually, let's look at, uh, look at 2 Timothy. I got highlighted. If I highlighted it, that means I need to show it. This is, this is the food, guys. This isn't, this isn't my word. This is what I learned in the word. This is what we teach here. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes, and some are for common use. But in a great house, listen to what it's saying. In a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's house, and prepared unto every good work. For you have, for if you have a relationship with God, you must be holy and acceptable by God. And my closing thought to all this and to this verse was this. Everyone, everyone that wants to be identified with God must depart from iniquity. Some people don't know what iniquity is. Was iniquity sin or sin iniquity? Jesus said, depart from me. When we go back to Lord, Lord, you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I say. So in that day, the Bible says there will be many coming to him saying, Lord, Lord, I, I, I went to your church every week. I taught Sunday school. I, I even cast devils out of people. I had seen people healed in your name. I pursued, I pursued, I pursued. And he's going to say, yeah, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. Think about that a minute. I didn't bring that scripture up, but that's what... It's in Revelation where he says, depart from me, you who work iniquity, for I never knew you. Okay. I said, Lord, Lord. <laughs> that tells me that I think he's my Lord. That tells me that I'm in the ministry. It tells me that I'm a children's worker. It tells me that I'm an associate pastor. It tells me that I'm a pastor. It tells me that I am in this thing. I'm casting devils out even. You know what kind of faith it takes to walk up and cast a devil out? And there are many among us, many demons. They, they, they possess many people. That's why they do what they do. And as soon as the demon's gone, then you see a person get better or their addiction leaves or whatever it may be. So that's, it's real stuff. What does it take 
Lord, Lord, I cast devils out in your name. That tells me that you, you weren't being conformed. You worked iniquity. Here's what iniquity is. In the Hebrew, it's Avon. Avon, Avon. Not Avon, Avon. It means to twist, bend, and distort. So iniquities are the bending, twisting, and distorting of the law of God's word to degrees worthy of punishment. We're not going to bend. We're not going to mislead. We're not going to do any of that in this body. You're going to come into this passion church. You're going to see a people that are dedicated to renew their minds. You're going to see a people that, that, that are, are ready to move in a direction that's God's and not bend the truth, not twist the truth, and not distort the truth. Amen. We have a lead pastor here, a couple that, that, that have instilled this vision into a body of believers and workers and children's pastors and youth pastors and associate pastors and worship pastors that all have said yes, yes, yes. We will change Cameron, Missouri. But we first understand that I'm not changing Cameron, Missouri until I change my house. So we start with this mentality of, I've got to draw a circle around me. And go, okay. Uh. And I got to self in Now, <laughs> and that ultimately will change. So we have a decision to make. Lord, Lord. He says, don't call me Lord, Lord. You don't do what I say. I don't want anyone in the sound of my voice to be deceived. The enemy will make you feel comfortable and make you feel okay. Well, I'm a good person. I'm nice to my neighbor. I believe in Jesus. I don't really do anything too wrong. But we know, don't know the definition of what's wrong. We know our definition of what's wrong. But we never crack the book to say, what does God say is wrong? And we might find out with that process of renewing our mind that I'm all wrong. I'm all wrong. The transformation happens on my third close here, and I'm, I'm really going to, I promise. Got to have three. <laughs> Transformation happens majorly by the instrumental of, of, of the word of God and his spirit. Transformation occurs when we accept to spend time in his presence. That's when it happens, you guys. It's not just reading. I got to spend time with him. He's calling mankind, come. We've heard those messages this year. You know, Chris Burns, I loved his message about God showing up into the garden. He still shows up, Travis. He's walked with Adam in the cool of the day, right? The Bible says in Genesis that God, the creator, walked with Adam in the cool of the day. I love this when Chris brought this to light. And it was Adam and his shame that ran and hid. And then God the next day walks out, right, and says, Adam, 
Where are you? It wasn't that Adam was hiding from God, although Adam thought he was hiding from God. But it was more like, Adam, where were you? We, we walk every morning, and you didn't show up today. Where are you? That's what it was like. Tony, Travis, Tony, Robin, Zeke, where are you? I'm here to go on our walk, and you didn't come. Where are you? I'm ready to walk in the cool of the day and talk with you, and sup with you, and be with you. Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If you let me in, I will come and I'll dine with you. I'll sup with you. I'll talk to you. We serve a talking God. Don't, we don't serve a God on a shelf. We serve a God that lived and breathed with his creation and wants to continue that relationship and talk to us daily and walk in the cool of the day. I remember when I got saved, you tell somebody, God, you talk to God, they put you in a psych home. Man thinks he talks to God. Yeah, man, I'm not the only one. A lot of people talk to God, and he talks back. He's got a lot to say, and it's not just in his word. He'll let me know what my family's doing. He'll let me know what my mother's doing. He'll let me. You get so intimate with Christ. You get so intimate that you get in a place in his presence and that you actually hear the voice of the living God. You actually hear something that, that shakes your soul, that you know, that you know, that you know my creator is talking to me. That's what he wants. Spending time in the presence. The scripture says in the book of Jeremiah chapter 15, Verse six, uh, chapter 15, verse 16, thy words were found and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. The spirit of God will take the word of God you are eating gradually and renew the spirit of your mind. Exactly what he's calling you to do in Romans. That's what this does. Eat it, eat it eat it you know jesus had some hard words i didn't bring this this is not in my notes but he said he you know back when he was uh, walking and he told the disciples unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood you are not worthy of me and the, the scripture goes and many departed from him going i'm out of here that guy lost his mind eat his flesh drink his blood Many left him. Many leave Jesus because of his sayings. It's too hard. The Bible says it was too hard of a saying, so many departed from him. Maybe you go in wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly in our shame and in our, our brokenness. We come to God saying, oh God, oh God, if you're real, I need help. And we run to him in our desperation. And we start to have our mind renewed and we start this process of of knowing christ and and the church comes alongside and starts to disciple and make disciples and you start to hear these sayings of christ and you start hearing his commandments and you start hearing things like say don't call me lord lord if you don't do what i say but then some of us go eh, that's a little hard i'm eh, i'm not ready to do that 
not ready to stop going to the bars, not really ready to stop drinking, I'm not really not ready to stop, uh, you know, I, I really just want to feed my flesh for a little bit longer. I'll get right with God when, uh, when, it, when it's time for me, when I get old. I don't know, I'm just, I don't know what people think. But that's what happens. The sayings become too hard. We have to grow up. As Christians, we must allow the living God to permeate our minds both day and night because inside the word of God lies his spirit, which will in turn transform us into God's image and likeness. When we do that, and when you let this happen to you, when you pray, see, here's what we don't get. Well, I prayed for this and it didn't happen. We don't take the whole counsel of God. We treat him like a genie. Or I'm going to rub the lamp of God here. Man, I'm desperate. If I don't get the rent paid tomorrow, man, I need a check in the mail. or Somebody need to give me something. I'm going to pray and some magic's going to happen. And God's saying, no. But if you change your lifestyle by the renewing of your mind and be not conformed to this world and follow my commandments and do what I say, these things will follow you. All your want. When you stand in the presence of God praying, if you ask anything in my name, it'll be done for you. See, you have to have a rite of passage. And a rite of passage is being obedience to the word. A rite of passage to the throne of God is, is laying down your own life and saying, I will not be conformed to this pattern. I'm going to change my mind by the renewing. And I'm going to start to read the word of God. So when I stand praying... It will be done because I have all authority given to me by God. And because I'm obedient in this, I can call fire down from heaven and it'll come. I can say manna come down from heaven. I'm hungry. I can say whatever it is. Paul said you'll be able to call those things that are not as though they were. This circumstance isn't in my life right now, but according to the word of God and because I'm lined up and because I'm not treating him as a genie and because I'm laying down my life and because I'm seeking him and because I'm in his presence and because I'm reading his word and I'm eating daily, I can stand here boldly and say, that's not my circumstance now, but it will be because I call it forth. That's, what, that's why the scripture says, and all his promises are yes and amen. They're yes and amen because I'm right there. I'm able to do that. Now they're yes and amen. Why well, get so frustrated with God? His word says all, my, all the promises are yes and amen. Well, then let's, let's, let's self-analyze. Are we being more influenced by the pattern of this world or are we being influenced by his pattern? So I promise. 1226, one more paragraph. You will begin to think and see and feel. You will literally feel the mind of God. This does not jump on anyone, neither can it be wished for. When you feed on the word of God, the spirit behind his word will enter into you and it will enable you to do all things that please him. That's what happens. I got to cut you loose, but I got to transform you. You can be transformed by feeding on the word of God regularly. The word, because you cannot be transformed, you don't fill your heart with the word of God. Look at Colossians 3.16 real quick. Colossians 3.16, you got that up, buddy? Real quick. We want to have an intimate relationship. My pages lied to me, sorry. 
I want to finish what God has here. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgave you. Have an intimate relationship with God by studying the word, meditating on his word, and putting them to practice. Let the word of God be your guide. Manual living. Your manual to living, and you will know God's will and desire for your life. That's the transform part. You can also be transformed by being mindful of the people you hang around with the influences people have on you. Be cautious of the influence people have over you. They can lure you into a pattern of this world. The company you keep determines what accompanies you. 1 Corinthians 15 says, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. You can apply Romans 12.2 to your life by controlling what you feed your mind with. When you allow God's word to rule your heart, you only think and speak like Christ, and the things of this world will not be able to gain entrance into your life. One more scripture, Philippians 4.8. Throw that on there for me, and I just want to leave you with this. You have that, bud? Philippians 4 8 also reminds us to think on the things that are true and praiseworthy. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Do we? Transformation is mandatory, is my conclusion, for real, if we want to see God manifest in our lives. If we want to see it, our mind and our thoughts must be in line with God's word and must be transformed inwardly by the Holy Spirit. Note that you must guard your thought jealously because you are a product of what you think. This is why you must control what you think and you must thank the word. That's what we have to think, all times, always. And little did you know, that's what we taught your children this week, is to think like this. We didn't teach them a memory verse. We taught them a lifestyle. And that's the ultimate thing. Father, I thank you for the reading of your word. I thank you, Father, for everyone in this room. Lord, I'm sorry for the delay, but God, we had to finish your thought on this. Lord, I praise you and I thank you, Lord, that you're penetrating a heart. Lord, I thank you, God, that, that, that you are allowing your truth to be uh, preached and, and taught in this land again. That, Lord, we seek your face. And if we seek you, we'll find you. Lord, I pray for every individual in here that you would reach, that you would touch each heart with this message.